Hey, Andy. What's up? What's the difference between a vacuum cleaner and a lawyer on a motorcycle? I don't know. Uh, a vacuum cleaner has the dirt bag on the inside. <laughs> Objection! Welcome to No Court. I'm Chad Rubens. I'm Andy Kinnick. And today we're joined once again by Daniel Otten. Hold it. Good one. Good one. Uh, <laughs> and the reason it's a good one is because today... We're going to be talking about Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, which was released in 2001 in Japan on the Game Boy Advance, but most people uh, that would be in our audience, I would say, wouldn't have played it until 2005 when it was released on the DS. Uh, the game is developed and published by Capcom. Uh, it is sort of like... So Ace Attorney, I feel, is a... I thought was a weird series when I first saw it, but then additionally, it's become one of Capcom's sort of like flagship franchises, and that's kind of insane to me. It's it, it's a unique mix of things. It's like kind of like if you took the idea of like being a lawyer and made it like a kid's cartoon show. <laughs> Almost like the anime version of being a lawyer. And it just like, it's this weird like personality and silliness to it that I think really makes it memorable. Yeah. And uh, not only that, but it's, it's that plus like the mix of, uh, of genre. It's, we talked about this very briefly, uh, on the Danganronpa episode where we were saying how there's, it, it follows a similar pattern of like, investigate find stuff and then you're supposed to put that to use in sort of in both cases a trial uh and it's weird to think about i i guess a little bit because of the way that this game handles like the trials and the investigation system as opposed to that game which came out like 14 years later Mm -hmm. uh and it's you can see the evolution to some extent, but it's so close to this one that, like, clearly this kind of invented the genre and the mainstays that uh, kept it going, I guess. Yeah. they they. I think the two halves kind of complement each other really well. Mm. Uh, it's like, there you have, like, it's more visual novel-esque when you're doing the investigations and you get to, like, interact with weird characters and do, like, some adventure game style, like, hunt around the environment for... Uh, items but then you get to the the trial part and it's like its own like tightly designed like uh courtroom drama like system where you the idea is that you want to find contradictions in the witness testimony which is like oddly satisfying it might sound a little dry and boring (laughs) on paper but it's a lot of fun yeah i agree i really like that like i think the core mechanic of the the trial scenes is really good and is basically the only way that you could even like at least ostensibly have someone play a video game where they're supposed to be a lawyer. Like, I don't know another way to make a game system that makes sense that, that you were supposed to be a lawyer in a courtroom. Um, 
So I, I, I agree. I like the mechanic. Yeah, I, I think the the key point there is is lawyer in a courtroom because like really the existence of of a lawyer most of the time is not what a lot of people would refer to as like a good thing flashy <laughs> yeah <a> good <laughs> like nobody sits down and is like i want to play a game where i like draft documents <laughs> <laughs> well speak for yourself i mean uh, okay, yeah, I mean, some people really enjoy that. But can, can I actually add before we get too far? I I listened to the last episode, and mm-hmm. uh, as I do to all of them, uh, and <laughs> I was I really liked the anonymous tease of having an actual lawyer on the show. Uh, oh, but yeah. then immediately after the, my only thought was how disappointed everyone is going to be that it's just me again. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, I guess that's... uh, I mean, I like to imagine that everyone is excited when you come on the program. Uh, They're like, oh, Dan's back. It's a very special nuclear. And just to be clear, Dan is actually a lawyer, just in case uh, it wasn't. No, yeah, Chad Chad did not commit fraud, uh, which I would know as a lawyer. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I'm glad that we got all of that out of the way, <laughs> right? Because I uh, I wanted to get everybody's sort of like thoughts and opinions on the layout and structure of this game before I come in and and shit on it <laughs> before you object <laughs> to our opinions. <laughs> yeah, uh, because I, playing through this game, I feel like my takeaway from this is that I don't like it. But there are parts of this game, like, things that it does that I love, that I think are really, really good. And I think at the heart, the core of my malcontent with this game (laughs) comes from the investigation parts and how clunky and weirdly laid out they are. And I have to imagine it comes from it being a GBA game when it was initially made. But I played it on a Switch on a release from 2019 and they did seemingly nothing to update it uh beyond it's like ds level uh i don't know like the ui and the amount of tedium that's there just like killed me for so long it is a little bit clunky but it didn't really bother me that much like there there were a few times where it did feel like you had to run around and you know, forever before you found out like where to go to progress like but you get that kind of thing in a lot of games like this like it didn't seem particularly uh egregious in this game to me but it definitely it feels like kind of overly simple when you're playing it on a big TV and a little bit clunky to have to like bring up the menu and scroll through the all the items and stuff yeah well, not even that, but, like, the uh, the move command is what really made me, like... I, I was I was coming... I was prepared to come in here and be, like, the third trial, I think, is my least one, favorite one because the investigation requires you to go back and forth from different places so many times. Which, which one is like, the third one? Is it the Steel Samurai one? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, and, and that's that's important to note because what the issue with that is is that you start in this, like, central area in the, the guard station and then you can go one direction that cuts you off from then jumping to the other 
places in the uh, on the map. Yeah. And uh I was, you know, I was like irritated with it because I kept having to go from place to place and they like there's a point where you were talking to the producer and the director and they were on opposite ends of the studio so you had to keep like moving back to over here and then move back to over here and exhaust the dialogue and then come back and then exhaust the dialogue and then go back and then exhaust the dialogue and i was it was driving me fucking insane <laughs> uh but then i got to the fourth trial and it was the same shit again <laughs> <laughs> this time with a lake and i was i i don't know like it it got to the point where when i wasn't in the trials i didn't want to be playing the game <laughs> i have a yeah. similar view uh although i don't think as deeply held uh <laughs> i i think the investigations are the worst part of this game uh when i was in the investigations i was mostly just looking forward to the trial part um i think like some of it is enjoyable. I think some of the humor is fun. Uh, like, a lot of the characters are fun, even outside of the trial parts. But the the UI is quite bad and, like, strangely designed. And I think the move... I, I, like, completely agree with you about the move aspects. It was really annoying. Especially when you had kind of, like, lost your way and you weren't sure what you were supposed to do next. To just move mm. from, like, one screen to another... Um, and to have to move, like, three screens to get to the one you w want to get to felt unnecessary. And I also thought the... So I understand that the last trial was not in the original release of the game, right? Because you, get, right, you right. get a credit scene and then the last trial. So, like, that trial introduces some new mechanics that you use on the investigation screens. But on all the other trials, I felt that there wasn't... Basically, all you wanted to do was find a person to talk to that had new stuff to say to you. And the actual, like, moving your cursor over the screen to examine stuff was very rarely significant. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. And it, yeah, it, it felt like it should be an important mechanic, and it really wasn't. And so, like, I would get to a new scene, and, like, on the one hand, I can put my cursor over, like, eight new things and get some text about them. But I also know after a while that like it's very unlikely to be important. Uh, right. So I found that to be kind of tedious. Yeah, I think I think the problem that that crops up when you're doing that thing is that for the most part, every single interaction is like mandatory. Like you have to do it in order to progress, and so it becomes sort of like it's less trial and error. And more just doing literally everything. Just like a there's checklist. No, yeah, there's no error. It's just doing all the stuff so that you can be done with it, I yeah. guess. <laughs> now, I, I completely agree with you guys, but I'm usually more like the most mild guy ever. Right. Um <laughs> so it didn't really bother me. I do agree, like I did feel like I had to check everything in every room and it would always lead to nothing. Yeah. Usually. Well the which most annoying the most egregious part of that is that if you had like triggered an important dialogue or like it's I don't know exactly what the trigger was. But sometimes it would, like, refresh the screen such that all the stuff you had already clicked on didn't have yep. a check marks over the uh, spyglass. And then you would mm -hmm. click on it and it would say the exact same fucking thing again. 
but you still had i i still felt like i have to click on everything because what if something's different uh that was yeah. the like that was the most egregious thing to me because i don't understand yeah. why i did that there were a few uh instances where like a specific room was only available from one other room mm-hmm. which is really confusing like the um the last trial the um the police chief's office was only accessible from like the police department you know and like that was really annoying but i had to imagine that it's was designed that way be, like you said because it's on the gba originally right. but it in the you know they can only hold so many things in the memory at once or whatever but like when they redid it for the ds like i don't understand why they wouldn't have updated that because like the new one they added because like they added some ds features where you can like rotate the objects and right. like dust for fingerprints with a touch screen which i thought was a nice touch but um yeah i just I, I don't understand why they didn't like make all areas open to you at one time yeah it's 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 super weird and i think that the reasoning for that is actually because the menu buttons if they had put all of the areas on them would have been so small that you couldn't read the text on a gva i suppose yeah there's probably an argument to be made that you couldn't read them on a ds either but (laughs) you have uh, two screens though you do have two screens you got i feel like you could have like rearranged things for the ds release but that being said i will say that the ui is a lot easier to navigate and a lot more a lot less irritating i guess uh, if you use the touchscreen, uh, which I ended up doing for the majority of the last, uh, I didn't finish the last trial. Mm-hmm. I got to the point where I was like, this isn't worth it. I got through the second day. Uh, it is shockingly long. It's so long. The, the last uh, trial? Yeah. yeah. Like the oh, extra yeah. one. Uh, yes. It felt like, <laughs> it felt like fully one half of the game to me. Yeah, I think it literally is at least a third of it. Yeah. Maybe a little more. Yeah. La- I don't think it's... it. The last trial was too long. <laughs> <laughs> I was very ready for it to be over by the time I got to the end of it. Mm-hmm. It, it feels weird the way that it's, like, implemented as well. I feel like it's just sort of the uh, nature of how games on the DS were released. But, like, they couldn't have, like, put out Phoenix Wright. And then been like, and here's Phoenix Wright, the DLC. Right, it, it's yeah. like an expansion, though. Yeah, it feels like it's an, inti- yeah, it's like an X-Pack. Like, it's it's literally like a whole big chunk that people would pay additional money for if they were really into it. Mm-hmm. So well, it's, it is weird. What did this game look like on the DS? Like, for this Switch release, I, I mean, I played it on Switch, too. What, did, mm-hmm. did they, like, do new visual artwork for it? I mean, it looks really yeah. good on the Switch, and I played it, like, on my television on the switch uh and right. i it, it's a very good looking game i assume that it was not that high resolution and good looking on the ds no yeah they def they've uh like remastered it basically for the for i think this was originally like a pc port that they did this for i'm not positive because i played this game i played the first like third of this on the 3ds several years ago uh-huh. and it it looks really good but the switch version is just a little bit more crisp I yeah think just because the resolution got turned up but i imagine that they updated the visuals for the 3ds yeah like the original version looks basically the same but it's just like pixelated so yeah. i don't know if they created this original artwork and then had to basically like bit crunch it to be <laughs> on the uh gba or or how exactly they did it but like if you can imagine this art in like 
240p in pixelated. That's kind of what it looks like on the GBA. Yeah. Did like you did you the... play it on the? Sorry, gotcha. Uh, I was just gonna say, just take this art, blow it up like four times to like really remove all of the crispness from it, <laughs> and then take a picture of it from a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it looks like on the Game Boy Advance. You played this on the Switch, right, Andy? Yeah, yeah, I did. What do you I've think just, of I've the... Just... Go I was just going to say, I ju- I've just seen images of what it looks like. What do you think originally? of the, the artwork in this game? I feel like it, for me, it's a big part of why I enjoyed it to the extent that I did. Yeah, I, I have some notes on it. or I, I feel like you... When you look at the art, it has, like, this charm to it. Like, I compared it to a cartoon already. Like, it's all very heightened, and all the characters are very, like, flamboyant and wearing these, like, very loud outfits. Um, But, like, it really, when I look at it, I kind of see, like, like, the work that went into it. Like, this game was made on, like, a really cheap budget originally. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they really, like, you can tell that they had to, like, maximize all the stuff that they made. And, like, the courtroom scenes, it's only got, like, four screens. And the characters have, like, very simple animations. But, like, they really squeeze all the quality they can out of it. Like, it really goes a long way mm-hmm. with what it has. And I just, that it's just what it makes me think of. Like, you can still make a quality game for cheap and, like, make everything really work if you design with, like, your limitations in mind. Like, that's just kind of what it makes me think about. I love that all the characters, like, had basically one pose. Uh, and, yeah. like, they were, whether they were in court or out of court. And mm-hmm. my favorite instance of that is the bellboy uh, at the hotel when he testifies yeah. and has, like, the full tea tray, like, in his yeah. hands yeah. on the witness <laughs> stand. Uh, like, that is a, a pretty funny gag. And it also, like, saves him a bunch of money and, like, resources. Yep. So, yeah. It's like when it's in motion, you kind of don't even notice it. Or like in that case, it's just funny. Mm-hmm, like it's right. really smart how they like capitalize on that stuff. Yeah. I think, uh, man, I'm really trying here. I think that the characters are really well designed characters. I think that's why it works so well because the designs themselves are expressive enough. Like when you, uh, we're going to ignore the first scene with the like dumpy lawyer uh who, oh yeah like the the asian guy yeah who just is like, like hunched over and sweating <laughs> because like that feels like really obvious but if you just compare phoenix to edgeworth like Ed- edgeworth's character design is so much more ostentatious it gives off the like you look at the character design you say this is going to be like a confident guy and that's how they play him throughout the whole thing. And I think that that is like part of the strength. Mm -hmm. And even like, I don't know, most of the characters I want to say are, are that way. And without getting too far into SJW territory here, (laughs) I felt like they did a good job in the first trial where they have, what the fuck her name is? Mia. No. M- Maya. No. Oh, the girlfriend? No, the pink lady. Oh, uh, April oh, May. Oh, he's in the second That's, trial. yeah, the, yeah, April, yeah May. April May. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you I need to like... tread lightly here, Chad, because uh, <laughs> good and April May are not things that I uh, feel like go together. <laughs> Uh, that's fair, but I feel like her character was specifically designed around the trope that she acts like, 
and it's like supposed to give you insight into like how she's going to behave and what you should say to her. Whereas when every other female character in the entire story <laughs> looks exactly the same, what? what I think that's the point where it crossed the line. Um, I mean, they didn't all do the ca- the cat pause <laughs> pose thing, uh, but but like everything is very like hyper. Uh, they all look like um, from Danganronpa, the uh, Haruhi Suzumiya character. Oh, Miyu. Miyu, yeah. I, I don't know if I agree with that. You got like the old woman at the movie studio. Yeah, you have Old Bag. And you've got... Uh, Whose yeah, name old is bag. Old Bag. <laughs> so I feel like I don't yeah. need to defend that. Lot of Heart. Lot, the uh, Afro at the lake. Oh, right. I mean, there are a lot of like sexual looking characters because it's like a because even Maya when she like channels Mia is just the same character but But with huge boobs yeah like it's (laughs) that that really stood out to me as like really weird yeah it's it's like you know that like 12 year old character or not that young she's 17 yeah 17 year old character that's been following you around now she's her sister and she looks exactly the same but she's taller and has big boobs (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have that much interesting to say about it, and, like, it doesn't make me hate this game, but it is pretty misogynistic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, um, there there aren't many female characters that are interesting in any way, and a lot of them have, like, basically one dimension that is offensive in some way. Um, mm-hmm. So, so. I mean, the, A lot of the male characters do, too, though. That's true, yeah. but, like... I agree. I think that that is part of why the characters work. Yeah. Is that they are very simple and easy to understand. Archetypal. But there are some of them that are supposed to play bigger roles. The one that got to me, and I think I was just at like my absolute breaking point when the character <laughs> was introduced, was the lunch lady. The oh uh, yeah, yeah the the cough up queen. Yeah, I can't remember her actual. <laughs> the name. character that the localization team could not figure out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. the The last trial did kind of feel like it was addressing that by introducing like uh, the new teenage assistant character and her older sister as well. They felt like more like fleshed out characters. Yeah, I think uh, because presumably at the time they had already been working on the sequel to to Ace Attorney. And I think that just, like, the additional experience and the time that had passed, they'd really gotten more of a handle on how to write things. My problem with that character... Which one? Uh, with the the cough-up queen. Oh, yeah. Uh, Can someone explain it, to me what that means? No. Okay. I don't know. Like, uh, I think it was... She was in a detective, and she would get her, like, people she was questioning to cough up the information. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Not a strong, yeah, th- not a I, strong nickname, but no, no, not really. <laughs> uh, but the thing that that got to me about her more than anything was the fact that she kept doing these like animation flourishes in the courtroom scenes, yeah. where she would present a lunchbox and give you shitty dialogue, mm-hmm. and I hate when they do that <laughs> because it just takes my time and doesn't give me anything. Yeah, 
And I think the point that I quit, like when I said I'm done with this game, uh-huh. is when they introduced the uh, like the police chief character who would repeatedly do this thing where, where he would pause, s- and it would uh, just be you could I do loved nothing that. about it. <laughs> and I was like, uh, and I just like put I put it in sleep mode and I set it down. And I was like, do I really want to continue <laughs> this? And I decided no, and changed to doing something. Else. I should have guessed that chief the chief Gantz. Uh, like speech yeah. pattern would be a huge problem for you. I thought it was a pretty <laughs> funny joke. <laughs> yeah, I actually the the lunchbox thing, the fact that they kept doing it, it became funny to me. Cuz like, I hate just, the like every time ta- Yeah, like every like she just like every time she just always would be like and then she'd present it to you and like I was never expecting it and it just kind of became funny to me. I think the key thing with it is that the the not only does the dialogue repeat, but also the animations and all of the flourishes repeat every time that you go through uh, like a round of of cross examination or when you do a if you do the same uh, push mm-hmm. on or press <laughs> whatever on on the same like track, it'll do the exact same animation every time. And there were even some like end of. Uh, cross-examination restart dialogues that I felt like took like 7,000 years for some <laughs> reason. I, th- the game was not shy about wasting your time, and it, it, it grew to irk me yeah, over the course I, of the I game. I think the game goes on a bit too long. Mm-hmm. And like by the time you're on the last two, like they, they go on for a long time, and those things start to like stand out more and more. Yeah, I don't know if I needed the last trial at all, to be honest. Um, I mean, I, w- I was like pretty pleased with the game, uh, although it had some it has some flaws uh, after the first credit roll. Um, mm. And I, I mean, I played all the way through the last trial, and like the new mechanics introduced are kind of cool, but I'm not sure like it actually made the game better as a whole. Yeah, I think it's just like we were saying earlier it's meant to be like an expansion like if you really liked phoenix right <laughs> here's more of it yeah you know, or i could see myself going back to it after like a month or yeah, something it, after finishing the game i was thinking that like this game was designed for handhelds and mm-hmm. i think playing it more piecemeal would enhance the game a lot i what did what what did you think of the choice to replace maya and Mostly Maya, but I guess also Mia, with characters with basically the same faces. I didn't get why they chose to do that. It was like the actress died in between (laughs) uh, trials. (laughs) That, that, That is a really good way of putting it, because, yeah, they introduced these two new characters, which have, like, the same dynamic as the old ones, and... The only thing... And they look is, exactly the same. <laughs> like, yeah, they look very similar. Very similar. Uh, but the only thing I could think of was... Chad brought up uh, just a little bit ago that like they were already making probably the sequel, and they've done several other games since. Like They just kind of wanted to create some new characters that they could use in the future but they didn't want to do a lot of work yeah so like i think they wanted to the the new content to stand out and like they wanted to add some new characters why they made them the same as the old ones though that's the real weird part (laughs) yeah it's confusing uh yeah what did you think of maya and the and her replacement 
did you have a strong feeling about her? Because she was in some, in a lot of ways, my least favorite part of the game. Uh, I I think I just have a soft spot for companion characters. Uh, I, a lot of people find them annoying, but like I liked that there was someone for Phoenix to play off of. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I have. I, I'm of two minds. The first is it feels like Doctor Who. Uh, yeah. like I got a real who vibe <laughs> when I was, when they replaced her with a new girl, I was like, this is exactly what Dr. Who does where they have the person Phoenix, who is a lawyer and a human being. And yet for some reason needs like a surrogate character so that we don't think that he's like some kind of sociopath. Yeah. Which is weird. Cause I feel like Phoenix Wright is written like fairly well. But I also appreciate the fact that there are some questions that the audience wouldn't know the answer to, but Phoenix does, that Maya can stand in to ask. But I think there are probably other ways to do it. Part of being a lawyer is (laughs) is knowing the answer and leading people to it. And I I feel like they were like, well, fuck that, though. (laughs) Let's just have Maya step in. She acts as like a hint system, too, if you go back to the the office. Although not very helpful. No. Like, if you've done, like, anything, you've already done the stuff that she suggested, so... Mm -hmm. I, I like uh, yeah. the idea of the of having a companion character. Like that's not my issue with her. I just didn't like the way they wrote her as a character. I I felt like she was just always shouting at me. <laughs> like yeah, in in a game that is just text based, I still felt like okay, stop yelling. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, I I just felt like it was too much. And like she interrupted stuff. It was it's part of the the real heart of the problem is like the investigations in the way it's designed mechanically. Because she would interject on, like, a lot of stuff you click on and stuff. And that just, like, grinded on me after a while. Because I was doing, like, a lot of clicking around. It's like, okay, I've seen this before. Um, Yeah, like, the the screen shake rumble where she has, like, that open mouth, like, gasp. Yeah. I feel like that happened way too much. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, she kind of reminds me of, of Angie from Trauma Center. Except oh yeah, that's good good comparison. Yeah, except that Maya doesn't like assume that you are the worst at everything. <laughs> I, I I think Maya's character is at her strongest in the interstitials because it kind of gives you. I think the character is meant to sort of represent like the pulse of the city. Like you, you it, it she explains what's going on to you as is as if you were there like mm-hmm. you're supposed to understand the environment around these crimes so that you can make better decisions based on that but i think that most of the time she yeah she ends up sort of getting in the way is maybe the wrong for being used improperly like yeah. the character shows up in places where they shouldn't uh and that's kind of i don't know it just seems weird mm-hmm also, she really leans into one of the worst parts of this game, which is the fact that the spirit medium thing is entirely oh, yeah. unnecessary. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. The, the casual acceptance of ghosts in the Phoenix Wright world is very interesting. <laughs> like everyone just seems to be very at peace with the idea that ghosts exist. Well, that ghosts exist and can theoretically like also do things. Like they can talk to people at the very least. And it's a game about the law. 
<laughs> which I feel like doesn't meld well with supernatural phenomena. <laughs> Not really. No, it is weird because like it seems to just be common knowledge to everybody that in the the SL nine case, mm-hmm. uh, a spirit medium was used to figure out who the murderer was. It is like why don't they do that? In, like, every trial ever, <laughs> if that works in this universe. But like, police have, like, in real life, there mm-hmm. have been, there is, like, are documented cases of police, like, trying to use psychics. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any evidence that, like, it is effective. Uh, right. But I, it's not, it's not insane. What's crazy about the SL9 case is that, like, the wrong person got convicted because of a spirit medium. Right. Not, yeah, it just... not that they used a spirit medium. Right, no, it just in the game it feels like it it it's given this kind of credibility that it probably shouldn't. Right. Yeah. On yeah. the other hand, there are real ghosts, so Ah, uh, that's true. <laughs> uh th- yeah, there are real ghosts in this game also. <laughs> and I think what's even stranger though about that SL9 case and the way that it eventually is resolved uh like in the story is that the yes the wrong person is wrongly like the wrong person is convicted but it like they tie it in to the narrative in such a way that it like doesn't seem that bad which also is weird because they convict the wrong person and then the reason is because the prosecuting attorney was this particularly dickhole guy who also was the one who committed the murder, <laughs> like, <laughs> or like a separate murder immediately afterwards. So it's like, well, at least we got him now. <laughs> it just, it feels really like tonally out of place yeah. in a weird way. They'll like selectively brush things like that to the side a lot. Mm-hmm. Where like when you stop and think about it after you've put the game down, you're like, wait a minute. Like <laughs> so many things that happened in that trial probably are very like illegal. <laughs> well, there's I have a lot of thoughts on this. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure that you yeah, that stands out to you like huge yeah. Well, so like even to me, who has like a very cursory understanding of of legal proceedings, they when they brought in in the fourth trial, they start talking about uh, like the law, like the rules of evidence. And I was <laughs> I, like, I, I love now, this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like now is when you bring that up. Like as a lawyer, Dan, yes, <laughs> is it not your job to? <laughs> bring evidence in just sort of like in your pockets <laughs> and then pull it out to surprise the opposition that's how courts are, are decided right is whoever has the most surprising in their evidence. pockets uh okay yeah. let me let me like preface since we're gonna get into i mean i definitely think it's fun to talk about the the legal procedure and uh in, in the Phoenix Wright universe, but I will say, first off, I've seen, like, some videos on YouTube and stuff of, like, you know, a real lawyer plays Phoenix Wright, blah, blah, blah. And, like, Janelle and I watch one of them, and the lawyer's like, oh, well, like, this is wrong, this is wrong, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's that interesting, because, like, first off, it is, like, it's a video game, and it has to do trials in a way that fit with video game mechanics. Like, of course, it is not going to be completely accurate. Uh, right. nobody would want to play a video game that was just like a <laughs> life simulator for a criminal trial. Um, but like even 
more significantly, this was a game made in Japan originally, and then localized for the U.S., right? Yeah. So, like, this isn't even purporting, really, to represent, like, the American criminal justice system. So, like, for example, when this... I didn't know this, uh, like, on my own. I did some research about the Japanese criminal system. Um, <laughs> like, they have a very interesting system in place now, since 2009. But when this game came out in 2001, they did not have jury trials for criminal trials. So, like, the fact there's no jury in this game is, like, is actually not really an, an, an inaccuracy. Right. Um, but, on the other hand... This game is not an accurate representation of either the Japanese or American <laughs> criminal justice systems. And in fact, I'm pretty sure it takes place in like a horrible dystopia where like there are no due process protections for criminals. The prosecutors run the police department. And if they're unhappy with the police, they just like cut their salaries, uh, which I thought was hysterical. Um, yeah. And like it's also it's like borderline paramilitary. Like all the prosecutors have like epaulets and like medals and stuff. Uh, so I'm pretty sure like my takeaway from the the trial system at Phoenix Wright was like this is like a dystopian world where trials are super unfair <laughs> and are and can only last for three days. Exactly right. Like there's yeah. no, the presumption of innocence doesn't exist, which is like <laughs> which is almost played for laughs. I feel like like oh, sometimes yeah. the judge will be like, "Well, like this witness seems super like not credible and just lied about like five different things, <laughs> but you haven't conclusively proven that what he said isn't true." So like I guess he's guilty unless you can prove something else. Like the, this yeah, thing they're that, guilty like, until proven innocent. Yeah, they yeah. they really yeah. are. It, the thing that like kills me about it is that like, it, like the way that they sort of portray prosecutors as uh, golden gods in this case <laughs> uh, is there's there are these situations where like multiple times i think there's examples of it in every single case where you will be like i'm gonna cross-examine the witness and then you ask a question of the witness and like the prosecutor and the judge and everyone in the courtroom just like throw up their hands and are like why why does it matter yeah just just kill him already There, yeah, there's, like, you could, like, go, we could do a whole podcast on just this subject, but, like, even, like, me, who knows barely anything about how an actual, like, murder trial would go about, like, you, Im- like, immediately, like, start leading the witness and, like, things that everyone knows you're not supposed to do, and also you, like, you interfere with active crime scenes constantly. Yeah, and they it, encourage you to yeah, do it. Yeah, and it's, like... <laughs> It just got me thinking, I wanted to ask you specifically, like, what, like, the investigation and research process is for a lawyer in reality. So, like, I mean, that's one part of this that isn't, I mean, I'm not a criminal defense attorney. I do, right. uh, for the listeners at home, uh, and probably for you guys, <laughs> since you've never asked me about what I do. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I express interest all the time in your jobs, and, uh... uh well, that's, uh, all right, that was Dan, everybody. Um, we're going to do the rest of this podcast alone. Uh, no, so I, I do, like, corporate litigation, so I am, like, in trial work, but it is not criminal trials. Um, but, 
So it wouldn't be uh, totally out of the ordinary for like a criminal defense attorney to do their own investigating. Like as a criminal defense attorney, you would interview witnesses. Uh, you would like take depositions in advance of trial. Which, like, weirdly, this game calls certain things depositions that are not depositions. Like, a, a deposition is, like, is, it's basically sworn testimony like you're in a courtroom, but it is taken before the trial. And the point of a deposition is to ask, ask a witness questions under oath so that when they testify in trial, if they, like, contradict what they said, you can impeach them with what they said at their deposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also supposed... The idea is, like, it's not supposed to be a surprise what they say at their trial. Uh, (laughs) But, like, uh, it's really the way that evidence is treated in this game that, like, departs from reality. Like, you wouldn't show up at a crime scene and the detective would be like, hey, like, we found this really important evidence, but, like, you can't look at it. (laughs) That's only for the prosecutor to look at. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, you you wouldn't, like, go... We really want you to be the underdog here. (laughs) That you wouldn't go would, interfere with sweet. a crime scene. Like, you wouldn't go to yeah. the crime scene and, like, fuck around with evidence. No. <laughs> like, that certainly would not happen. Well, because there were scenes even where, like, in the last trial, when that the fucking cowboy man uh, is, Mar- like... Marshall? Marshall. Yeah, Marshall is, is, like, oh, I guess you can do this thing. And then you go and you find uh, that note in the trunk. And, like, even the side character is, like, oh, you better take that before he sees it. Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, oh. The, the thing that kills me, and the reason I brought any of this up in the first place, is because I think that the key piece of evidence that this game has no idea... <laughs> Uh, how to like portray the the court system is mostly the fact that it does bring up rules about evidence that it has been flagrantly <laughs> ignoring for the entire duration of the game and that's like the one bit where it's like okay it's just consistent when it feels like it and i don't necessarily think it detracts that much but it does make the logical reasoning that you're supposed to be putting into each case a little bit harder to perform because you don't know what it is the game expects you to like understand. I I I really liked the rules of evidence bit though. Like I think that that was tongue in cheek, and I mean they were kind of hanging a lampshade on the rules of evidence problem. One hundred percent, yeah. But. Uh, it was really funny when I got it and opened it up, and there were two rules of evidence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> evidence for dummies. Yeah, yeah. well, they even like play Phoenix off as if he's like never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, of course, there's two yeah. rules of evidence. It's another, uh... <laughs> another similarity to Trauma Center, where he starts out like completely incompetent. Mm. I find that to be endearing about uh, Phoenix as a character, that like. Yeah, he, he he's like so incompetent, especially early on, uh, and I like that he he really just makes it up as he goes. <laughs> oh, yeah. The judge would be like, "Do you have a problem with this evidence?" And he's like, "I better say yes, and then figure it out, <laughs> or else." <you're> like... <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's there's sort of an element of the court trials where it and and it it goes. It speaks to the way that they treat prosecutors in fiction uh, versus defense attorneys. Uh, that it it like pits you against them as if they're different opponents, um, and that's sort of an element of the game design 
that I want to get into uh, in a little bit after a break. Is that cool with everybody? We can take a brief recess. Yeah, no objections, Your Honor. <laughs> it's a great gavel noise. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it just sounds like you hit Andy with a baseball bat. <laughs> uh, Alright, well, uh, court is adjourned. One thing I wanted to talk about, and I don't necessarily know if this is going to lead into a big discussion, but it was a detail that I really enjoyed, and I'm I'm committed to the second half of the podcast being like more positive generally because we're we've kind of mowed through all the stuff about the game that I wasn't a big fan of, uh, but one of the things that I really liked, and this plays into the larger sort of like visual and sound design, is that when they they pit you as a defense attorney against these different prosecutors. And admittedly, most of the time it is Edgeworth, but there are two occasions where it's not. It really feels like Capcom drawing from their, like, fighting game legacy in a way that is used to... that makes it almost like a meta joke. Like, and it's very funny to me. Like, is it, the joke lands really well, especially with the sound effects and everything. Like, when you object to somebody and they, like, clutch their chest <laughs> and they're like, ah! <laughs> And they even have, like, the like the same sounds. Like, the uh, when somebody, like, refutes one of your points, it sounds like when, like, Vega stabs somebody in Street Fighter. It has that, like, sort of sheer sound effect, and I love it. Like... It's so good, and it's so funny, and it works really well in this context. Mm-hmm. It's very reserved, too. Like, they don't do it too much. And I like that each different prosecutor has their own little animations. And, like, mm-hmm. the fact... What's the the lawyer that was... Or the prosecutor that was Edgeworth's mentor? Von Karma. Von yeah, Karma. Von Karma. He's oh, the funniest by yeah. far. Oh, yeah. There yeah. was the so much build-up to him. Yeah, the fact that his objection sound effect is yes. pitched down, like, is hysterical. Objection. Objection. Like, yeah. it's a monster. Uh, yeah, I love that. Because, like, narratively, people kept, before you saw him, people kept being like, oh, like, Von, Von Karma, like, he's the greatest fucking prosecutor ever to walk the earth. Like, he, he's terrifying. He looks he's at witnesses and turns them to stone. Guilty. <laughs> yeah and then like you see him and he's like this enormous like hulking <laughs> dude and his objections are like super deep uh i thought like, like he yeah, was hysterical he, he is like the m bison of the game yeah he is like what just this huge giant but he's like an old man also yeah it's i don't know there's something very yeah, yeah. funny and about it, him. bring it full circle because phoenix wright's been in marvel versus capcom right yeah <laughs> yeah Van Karma is, is a buff. Still amazing. He's a buff anime grandpa, which I think has been discussed on the hey, podcast there before. You go. Yeah, 100%. in shape anime grandpa. <laughs> he, re- he really is. <laughs> yep, he fits that trope. Uh, yeah, so I, I do love that, and I love that the way that they like sort of uh, pit you against them. The one the one thing that I do take is that like I feel like the different prosecutors don't really like it doesn't feel like you're up against somebody else it's just sort of a variation on the talking parts mm-hmm. uh von Karma does get that thing where like they repeatedly he'll just like ignore your objections and that's amusing like i think that they do that well but it it's not 
really different. It's just a different way of handling each mm-hmm. uh, step. Like, even when he does that, you've still done something correct. It doesn't penalize you. Yeah. I really like that Edgeworth is the... the uh, Defendant? Defendant, yeah, that's the word. Uh, in the fourth trial, and that... And after that happens, like, the dynamic you have when he's the prosecutor uh, changes that where he's more cooperative. I thought that like, they actually gave them what, their relationship, like, a little arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I thought that was nice. I think Edgeworth is the best character in the game. Uh, I agree. That's probably not a hot take, but, like, I actually really liked him. Like, I'm a, yeah, su- I'm a sucker for that. Uh, yeah, they gave I- him his own game, so. Th- oh, did they? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um... Well, I, I will probably play it. Uh, but I, I don't know what it's called narratively. There's probably, like, a term for it. But, like, the the villain-turned-like protagonist, I really like. Uh, he gave me, like, Zuko vibes a little bit. Yeah, uh, or, like, Vegeta or something. Yeah, like, I, I was very endeared to him. Zuko for I... Vegeta. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he was great. I, lo- I loved it. Like, he had an actual interesting story, like, had a reason Mm -hmm. for, like, how much he, like, believed in getting convictions and, like, underwent some growth in the story. And, like, in a game full of one-dimensional characters, I thought he was actually kind of, like, the heart of the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because even Phoenix Wright himself does not carry a lot of the narrative. uh, No. Or any of it. His one big reveal... Which is that, like, he, Edgeworth, and, and Larry. Yeah, <laughs> Larry Butts were, like, students together, and, like, a weird incident where somebody stole Edgeworth's lunch money, like, made him become a defense attorney. Like, is so bland and kind of uninteresting, and they play it off like it's this big dramatic moment, but yeah. it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his father was a defense attorney, which is a way better reason. For him to want yeah. to be a defense attorney. Yeah. <laughs> like, the lunch money story seemed, like, pales in comparison to I was there when my father, who was a defense attorney, was murdered. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, like, and everything about that is, like, I don't know. It it, it plays to the, the point that, like, Edgeworth is, like, the most fleshed out character in the game. Uh, with, like... I don't know the possible exception of Maya, but her story is so stupid that it's hard to like really put her in the same category. Well, it's she doesn't really fair. have an arc the way that Edgeworth does. No. Right. Well, she does. It's not a good one. It, they, it doesn't end. They set it up for like multiple games. Yeah, like she comes back in the future mm-hmm. uh, title. So maybe in the next game she'll have boobs of her own. <laughs> Can only hope. Yeah, but it really bothered me to... the way that her sister had boobs. I, I did not like it. <laughs> did not like it at all. It, it, it was, it, yeah. It... She's supposed to be this like super competent lawyer, and she just looks mm-hmm. like ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, everyone looks a little bit ridiculous. I would put, I would question. <laughs> The validity of that complaint, as much as I, like, agree with you, (laughs) devil's advocate, every prosecutor in this game is wearing, like, (laughs) Victorian-era dress clothes. I thought, one thing I really loved in the final uh, trial, 
uh, was in the investigation part, like in his office, he has that shirt framed on the yeah. wall. Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought that was fucking hysterical. That ain't fair. Uh, I also like the references to Phoenix's hair. I think they're usually pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> when he like looks in the mirror, he's like, ah, oh, I see my hair is nice and spiky the way I like it. <laughs> the way I like it, yeah. I think that was the only one of those jokes that really landed for me, but that's as a former spiky-haired that's true. Uh, weirdo, yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to get into was the actual, like, we touched on the evidence uh, in the first half, but like the actual like gameplay of it, like presenting evidence to the different testimonies. Mm-hmm. Just wondering, like how what you guys thought of it, because I found it had the problem that like a lot of kind of puzzle games have, where I'd be like a couple steps ahead of the game and would try to present stuff, and it would tell me it wasn't relevant yet. Yeah, the the fourth trial. Uh... I presented the the autopsy report of there being a single gunshot like three times before it actually came up. It doesn't even come up in the first day, but every single person is like, yep, heard two gunshots. And Phoenix is like, oh, it's probably not that important, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that kind of bugged me, especially when they have, like, it makes sense to have a system to where you can't answer wrong like indefinitely but like that felt really harsh sometimes to me where it felt like a lot of evidence was relevant yeah the, and i think that the I, I probably would have failed if i had continued with the last trial because i thought it got to the point where there was one so much evidence to present and two the leaps in logic that they wanted you to make were getting more and more sort of like obtuse Mm-hmm. That it became like even in the first day of the trial, where most of the stuff that you're doing, it just involves pressing on the correct statements. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you do some of those out of order, it just doesn't accept it, and you have to do it again. It feels like a combination lock. Yeah, and it's like it ignores that you already know things, and I found that to be a bit problematic. I feel like when this game scales up its difficulty it goes in a weird direction that it probably shouldn't. Yeah. I agree with that. I thought the last trial was the the worst designed uh, from the perspective of presenting evidence at the trial. Um, for the most part, in all the other trials, I thought it was handled pretty well. Like, there are, there are some inflection points where more than one piece of evidence will get you, like, the good result. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it's... There were only a couple times where I felt like it, it was a little cheap that I didn't uh, like get the the right answer. Uh, mm-hmm. For the most part, I thought it was good. I I thought you sh- there should have been some penalty for pressing. On it kind of feels like it, like at first it, you can, it doesn't yeah. seem like it's going to be as important as it is. You right? can press on every statement and it doesn't hurt you, and then it just goes back to their test the beginning of their testimony. Uh if you didn't like present evidence on something that you were supposed to, which like as a mechanic that kind of robs it of something that makes it interesting when like, okay, new witness testimony, I'm just going to press on every statement and then I'll like go back and present evidence. Right. And they, they kind of tell you to do it at the beginning. Like it's like, Oh, when Mia couldn't get an objection, she would just press them until she, did <laughs> yeah and that I, like I all good like lawyers that, 
Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I felt like, like, in the trial with Von Karma, I felt like pressing should penalize you. Like, through the entire game, presenting incorrect evidence deals two bars mm-hmm. of, of damage, <laughs> reputational damage to you. Uh, I feel like with Von Karma, pressing should deal one if you don't get new information out of it. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. It would have made him seem... It would have, like, provided some stakes to the idea that he is, like, this amazing prosecutor. And that he, like, by reputation or whatever, like, has such an in with the judge that, like, he's gonna tell the judge this is bullshit and the judge will penal- penalize you if you, like, pressed on something gratuitously. Uh, mm-hmm. So I totally agree. I think that would have been a great, like mechanical wrinkle yeah and like the way it's tutorialized like they they tell they present it as like a thing you should only do sometimes when in reality you end up just doing it on everything and there are times where the game will like push back on you for it where like they'll like whoever it is whether it's edgeworth or von karma will like be like hey well you quit pressing the the witness on this and that and it seems like a thing you shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. but then there's no penalty it's like it's like feels like mixed messaging yeah 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 th- th- it bleeds into that point i was making earlier about the fact that the uh like it seems like everyone just sort of like wonders why you're asking the witness questions it gives it a really <laughs> negative feeling about asking things uh when like you don't feel like the statement's important <laughs> But half the time, uh, that like the thing that you're supposed to press on to get more information is something that is like seemingly innocuous, mm-hmm. and like I don't know. Part of me thinks like maybe that's good, but then the rest of me says no, that's bad because it's just wasting your time. It's not doing anything. If you have to press on every statement to get all the information that you need, they shouldn't have the press option. They should just give you that information. Yeah. They need to make it more impactful to do, and I think in order to do that, it has to have some weight behind it, which is yeah. robbed from the rest yeah, of the it, system. It definitely feels like it should like incentivize you to actually think about what statements you press on, and yeah, I, I don't know if I could come up with a good way to do that <laughs> without making it too hard, mm-hmm. because, you know, it can be... Yeah. I do yeah, think that that's, like, that would reflect, like, choices that, like, a real lawyer in a courtroom would have to make to some extent like you only have so much time with a witness and like it is true that a judge might like get impatient with your questioning if it seemed like you were asking about things that weren't relevant or you were like harassing the witness so i like i do think it would be justified to impose a penalty for pressing like at an inappropriate time um i agree that it would be probably kind of hard to implement mechanically I do like that the, I think you may have mentioned this earlier, Chad, but uh, the prosecutors sometimes will get really upset when you press them on something that is, like, super relevant to the case. (laughs) They'd be like, then I saw him stab her. And it's like, well, like, are you like are you sure that you saw him and the prosecutor like this is a waste of time like the witness already (laughs) said they saw him like it's like well how clearly did you see them like this is bullshit uh (laughs) it feels like they object to those kinds of statements like always when you're trying to like ask for details about those kinds of statements they always give you shit for it they're like hey my client already told you like (laughs) Yeah, not to jump back into the process discussion from earlier, but I love the idea that like 
uh, a witness can just say, Edgeworth told me not to say <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah. And I was told like, not to talk oh, about well. this. <laughs> he does know what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> also, we haven't really mentioned the judge, but like, I found the judge being an idiot, although very like an obvious joke, was kept being funny. Yeah, no, the judge was a really <laughs> affable character. Like, I agree. Everything that he did was really, uh, like, up until the fucking, the last trial, where he's, like, the the uh, the lunch lady panders to him with, like, the food things, and mm-hmm. it just goes on and on and on, and I'm like, like, I get it. Like, he likes eating the food. Oh, caviar. I love caviar. Yeah. That's cool, dude. Like, whatever. <laughs> Let me get back to the game. So these, th- this is a miscellaneous point, but uh, since you meant we went back to the process thing briefly, I just want to mention that in this world, the statute of limitations for murder is fifteen years, mm-hmm. which is very <laughs> short. <laughs> like in in real life, there is no statute of limitations for murder. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's one of those murder's one of those things, you know. <laughs> I mean, at uh, some point, you should just be able to move on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to call out a specific thing uh, while we're talking about mechanics and all that uh, that I really loved in the final trial, which was the video evidence with the like the dancing mascot thing. Uh, I-, I liked being presented a video that you had to like rewind and fast forward through to like find different things within. Mm-hmm. I thought that added a cool extra layer that felt like worthy of being added in like the the expansion or whatever you want to call it. I like that a lot too. Although it was jarring to see like somebody moving yeah, uh, animated. Like it, it, <laughs> it almost kind of made it feel a little bit like scary. Yeah. Like to be watching it and then here comes the murderer. Well, it also had like, the oh. uh, paranormal activity oscillating yeah, fan. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it was going back and forth. I don't know if you got to that, Chan. But, I uh, didn't. Uh, it, I thought that was pretty pretty good. For the audience, the reference made there was to Paranormal Activity 3. A, a still <laughs> good movie. A still good movie where they put a camera on an oscillating fan, and it's the single greatest innovation in terror. In <laughs> yeah, the history it, of you mankind. get some similarly good tension in this by like you not being able to see them, you know, the confrontation happen. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought that was really great, and, yeah. I, and the other things that they added, like dusting for prints and being able to like rotate the objects, you know, like a Resident Evil type. Uh, thing i thought all those fit really well and it felt like i originally didn't know this came out on the game boy advance like i thought this was just a ds series i also didn't realize because you know that's when we got it was on the ds here in uh america but um (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) but uh i was like when i got to those parts i was like why hasn't the game had this stuff up till now and because it was originally developed for the Game Boy is why, but I just thought that stuff was really cool. Yeah, the stuff like rotating evidence and uh, not evidence that spins, like being able <laughs> to, to move the evidence, yeah. record player and the evidence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what like and dusting for prints, spraying the the luminol, mm-hmm. like things like that are were added specifically to take advantage of the touchscreen. Yep. Uh, which is, yeah, why they added them. So, that yeah, that's the explanation for it. But mm-hmm. I think most of it was good. I just think, 
they could have been more sparing with some of it. Yeah, it's like because they were only doing the one trial, they felt like they needed to shove it in as much as possible. Exactly. Yeah, I felt like the dusting for Prince mechanic was the only one that I was I could pretty much take or leave. It felt like yeah, a very well, DS, like, oh, blow on the microphone, blow away the powder. Yeah. Like, doing it, it on the Switch, it just felt like a kind yeah. of time, time waster. It was annoying, because, like, having to actually, like, move the cursor around and, mm-hmm. like, put the the dusting stuff on there was really annoying. Well, how did you blow it away? Because there's no microphone you on You just the... push a button. You press goddamn it does it takes away like everything. Uh, yeah, it, it, it gets rid of everything, and it's, just, and it's awkward to do mm-hmm. with a joystick. Because like you have to like get the whole like radius of the of the fingerprint, and if you're missing like a little spot, that's impossible to see. Yeah, so you just have to like go over the whole area <laughs> with it before you blow it away to make sure you get all of it. But well, that's good. Yeah, I just <laughs> I I can I feel like that would have been fun on the DS, so Positive. I'll give it a pass. We did talk about the world ends with you and how whenever uh, I had to uh, one of the pins that required you to say things, I just kind of shouted at the DS. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it'd be less like, oh, hold on, I'm dusting for prints. <laughs> ah! <laughs> just yell at the camera. <laughs> 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 My supersonic voice will blow away. Um, God, I don't know what what you got there on your notes. We've covered everything. I think I've I put in my notes. Oh, never mind. I got a really good one right here. Aren't you glad you asked me, Chad? Objection! Uh, Objection! I thought it was. What is the point of this new discussion topic? <laughs> Oh gee, uh, Andy. If you, <laughs> if, unless you can provide uh, find a contradiction in what Chad said, I'm gonna hold you in contempt of court. All right, we're gonna have to do that because I can't contradict what Chad said. But I do have some uh, a cool topic. Uh, I'm a rock solid witness. I didn't think <laughs> I didn't think about this while playing, but like at, when I was thinking about it afterwards, I was like, it's kind of weird that like every single like trial is a murder trial. Like, I thought it could have been interesting to, like, start off on a trial that maybe, like, was seemingly more mundane and then have, like, a murder be revealed or something. Like, do, like, a difference uh, yeah. in kind. Yeah, like, when you're investigating, like, you'd, like, find out that there was a murder case. Mm-hmm. I just, I thought that could have been cool. Uh, or to do, like, a, like a heist or, like, yeah. burglary or something. I agree, actually. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, like, I, I think that would be really cool. Thinking of, yeah, thinking about it later, but I think that would have been, like, really interesting. Yeah, I think I agree, and actually I wouldn't have even necessarily wanted it to be something that became a murder trial. I just thought you end. could do, like, a subversion. Yeah. I, I Just, like, having any other thing to, uh, like, focus on. I mean, I understand, like, the appeal of murder, not the act of murder. Uh, <laughs> Objection. <laughs> uh, 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 I'll you just start words. sweating profusely, as <laughs> yeah. all characters do in Phoenix Wright when they're uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, fold it. <laughs> you say that you like murder. <laughs> uh, I will amend my testimony. Uh, Judge, I let's review the audio. <laughs> I also love that, like, whenever somebody is revealed to have lied about something, they're like, okay, testify again, and this time, tell the <laughs> truth. Yeah. This time, don't commit perjury this time. Yeah. That would be bad. You just get off with a slap on the wrist for perjury. Uh, 
But no, while I understand the appeal of like ma- basing the trials on murder because they're a lot more like clean cut, yeah, and, and uh, dramatic and all that. Yeah, it, it makes sense. But I would have liked to have seen just some variation on it. But I also get that they were working with four trials, and True, it was yeah. like if they did like the first one was like petty larceny, it'd be like, <laughs> uh, well, I guess we'll just spend a little bit of time on this. Yeah, I mean, it could have been even cool to like. I like the idea of doing a heist a lot. Like, it could yeah. have been cool to like escalate it each time. It's mm-hmm. like a bigger thing, and the last one was a murder trial. Or you but, could do you two mur- like two murder trials, and then like a heist, and then the last one's a murder trial. Like, I don't think yeah. that that. I think that totally works. Yeah. I also thought it would be fun, and I was su- actually kind of surprised that they didn't do this, if one of your clients was actually guilty. Uh, yeah. Like, I there there's a couple of different ways you can go with that. Uh, like, you could present evidence and, like, find enough contradictions that they get declared not guilty, and then you later find out that they actually did commit the crime. Or, like, you do the best you can and they still get convicted because they actually were guilty. Like... I think that 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 it's totally doable in the context of like the mechanics and stuff, and I was kind of surprised they didn't go that route. Yeah, I kind of like that latter idea better. Like you present like an unwinnable case, like no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. I think uh, once again they're working with four trials. And yeah, also like, and there's been, been a lot of sequels, that, yeah. so like we don't know if they've done some of this stuff in the future and since. Yeah, th- this is coming from. Uh, a position of only knowing like the contents of the first game. Here. Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, like a hindsight thing. Yeah, but from that context, like a weirdly unfettered context, th- these are things that I imagine people would also have talked about when this game came out initially. Uh, yeah, I-, I feel like the ideas that they've expressed in in the first game go a long way to sort of like not being able to do a purely like this is a guilty verdict for sure kind of situation because like the like you have like a a ghost girlfriend who keeps telling (laughs) you to believe in your clients like even when there was a situation where there was photographic evidence that two people standing one foot apart on a boat (laughs) shot one one another uh it seems like like you couldn't have at that point just given up where they give you the guilty verdict and mm-hmm. you go, wait a second, yeah, I've got more to do here. Yeah, with the game as is, it, it feels like it would be hard to do it that way. It almost feels, yeah, like believing in your clients is kind of like a theme right. of the game. Though also, not a good thing to do if you're actually a defense attorney. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard in the little bit of research that I was doing that it's actually like bad if you really believe that you're... Uh, client is innocent because mm-hmm. it'll like interfere with your like your, your the what your the job you have to do yeah, yeah like you're <laughs> well you're, i like, mean worried you'll be worried about it more or whatever the the reality is like in criminal defense work generally most people accused of crimes are guilty like the accusation mm-hmm. itself is not evidence that they committed the crime but like as a matter of fact like a large majority of people accused of crimes are guilty of the crimes they have been accused of. So, like, if you do criminal defense work, like, it is very rare. In fact, like, you could go your whole career as, like, a public defender and only have, like, a couple, a few people that you felt, like, were, like, truly innocent of, like, the crime they were accused of. 
like they might be overcharged or like there's some a million other ways they could be treated unfairly uh but like most people aren't like just completely innocent uh like in that line of work so mm-hmm yeah, I, th- I think it's that, and, like, coming at, at it from both the perspective of uh, a computer scientist and also from the perspective of somebody who's looking at this as a game, like, the idea of, of trying to build a case for somebody is similar to building code, where you have to assume that something is going to fail so that you can, like, you have to try and break it so that you can then bulwark against that uh like same attack so like from the perspective of an attorney in a video game where your goal is to prove innocent you yourself want to think like what is it that makes this person look guilty and then go like reverse engineer it from there Mm -hmm. yeah and actually like i mean we talked about this a little bit with like the presumption of innocence but Phoenix Wright usually does more than enough to get someone declared not guilty in real life uh, by, like, completely poking holes in all of the prosecution's evidence. But unfortunately, in this world, he has to, like, conclusively prove that they didn't do it. Um, No, I mean, you're right. There's, like, uh, literally within the first couple of trials there are multiple instances where like the very first thing that the very first witness presents is just an like an object completely wrong yeah (laughs) yeah it usually like the first day ends by you like completely blowing that out of the water right and And then it's like like, oh right now we've got our foot in the door yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) also how often would you say referring to the first case in the game that the person who committed the murder (laughs) would testify as a witness (laughs) most cases i feel like yeah i feel like you'd be incentivized to uh stay away from the court if you were the one who committed you would think so and were not a suspect (laughs) uh well i mean to in real life, you would be like subpoenaed to testify if you were a witness. So, it wouldn't True. be his, it wouldn't be his choice. Um, people, the witnesses in this game seem to have a lot of leeway over what they can like choose to testify about and not testify about, though. This is true. And his name is Frank Solid. So, yeah. <laughs> I, obviously, he's gonna do it. Did that humor? This game at times was very funny. And I thought the writing, although a little uneven, was mostly good. The name gags did nothing for me. And I don't know if you guys like them, but I thought Harry Butts, uh, Detective Goodman, uh, Frank saw it, like, that I thought was, like, sophomoric and stupid. Every single one of those landed for me 100%. (laughs) Uh, There are a couple of them. That doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, there were a couple of them that I, I liked, but most of them seemed, like, so far over the top that it felt like a parody of itself. The, Harry Butts what? especially, I hate Well, it's La- Larry yeah. Butts. Or, yeah, it's Larry. Larry, whatever. It, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it might as well be Harry Butts. Right. I, okay. <laughs> so, yes, and let me be perfectly <laughs> clear, every one of them was immensely stupid. <laughs> Which means you love it. Right. I just loved it because it is, like, complete... Like, it has... 
Well, okay, there's two things. One, it's immensely stupid, and that is funny to me. Like, to just unironically present your characters with these names is just a funny thing to do, in my opinion. The other thing, though, is that it makes the character names really easy to remember in the moment. Yeah. And, like, almost no other game would be not serious enough to, like, do this, Mm -hmm. even though it might actually be helpful in some ways. Like, this is why comic book characters all have Nick Peter Parker, Warren Worthington. See, I feel like like you could do it in a way that's less over-the-top than this. Like, you could give them, like, pun names even, but just be a little bit more clever about it. Sure. I don't know. I I, I do agree. Like, I I don't think that there isn't room for improvement. Yeah, I, I don't think it detracts or anything, but like, yeah, they're they're definitely eye rolling. I think. Yeah, it it's also weird how like the goal. It's kind of inconsistent because like especially early on, it feels like every character that is not you has like a dumb pun name, mm-hmm. but then other like Edgeworth, it's not really a pun. Like Chief Gant is not a pun name. Like I don't know. It it seems kind of uneven. Yeah, well, I agree. And I think the more important characters, the ones that aren't supposed to be... uh, The ones who are supposed to be taken seriously, like, narratively, don't get these goofy names, and it's for that reason. Like, even Von Karma, which, while it is a loaded name, Mm -hmm. is not in itself, like, a straight joke. It's not like Prosecutor Badman. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that one worked, Von Karma. Oh, yeah. It it sounds imposing, too. Like, mm. as it is supposed to. While I did not like a lot of the names, I really loved the, like, music cues for the characters. I thought that was, like, one of the game's strengths. Uh, mm. oh, the music yeah. was, like, good and memorable and, like, funny. Uh, Jake yeah, Marshall's, think... like, western theme was really funny. <laughs> yeah. Gant's, like, cathedral organ was really funny. Uh, so I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I think the... Uh the music carries a lot of weight in this game. Like it, it really establishes like the atmosphere in the courtroom and the drama. And like you said, it, it, it presents like funny moments. Like that Western theme got me every time. <laughs> yes. I, I thought that was very amusing. <laughs> but yeah, like I think the, the music, like the objection theme, like that, that makes that feel so good yeah. when, when you fire back and it starts playing that music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It does a lot in this game, I think to really elevate it. Yeah, I, I think the music... Here's here, The only point I want to bring up against it, really, is I think all the music is really good. I think it's usually used really well. It's once again, falls into that investigating category where hearing, like, trying to go from place to place and hearing, like, spurts of music every mm-hmm. once in a while gets really irritating. And, like, the theme that they use for, like, the lighthearted thing, like, those scenarios, the ones that play when like Larry's around or when April May is introduced are like that song really wears on you because it is so like snappy and upbeat mm-hmm. and it, like you hear it for so long and it just gets a little irritating. But other than that, yeah, I agree with everything. The objection theme is uh, a huge like success as far as uh, using music to drive a feeling. Well, we we did just talk about music, which usually is the harbinger of the end. <laughs> that is true a lot of the time. Yeah. 
Uh, so I guess at this point I'd like to ask if you guys have any... Closing statements? Closing statements. <laughs> I'm going to let Andy stew in that for a second. <laughs> uh, it's like you had that prepared. I did not. Uh, I guess in tradition, I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, I like this game a lot. It was a lot sillier than I expected, uh, as we've just been talking about. Uh, a lot of like the character names and things, I thought, maybe went a little bit too far. Uh, but uh, on the whole, like this game is incredibly charming, and it's just got like a certain quality to it. Um it went a little too long. I think that's the it's the biggest thing against it. But like, I kind of felt obligated to like plow through the the whole ending all at once, you know, for the for the podcast. So that like negatively like kind of colored my opinion on the end. But overall, like, I, I'm definitely interested in playing the others. It'll probably be a long time before I get around to it. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I enjoyed my time with it a lot. I will follow up because I agree with basically everything you just said, and uh, that was my experience with it too. I like I think this is a flawed but really enjoyable game. Like I did find it to be really charming. I I like the artwork a lot. I think the writing, like I said, it's uneven but mostly good. It's a funny game. The music is great. It's like a good sensory experience of playing this, uh, and the mechanics, at least with the trial, are are really good. Um, it is too long. I could have done without the last trial, or at least like a, a like a significant break in between when I played the the first part of the game, the last trial. So, I think it's like a kind of bite sized experience of playing like the original game. It's great, uh, and then maybe like taking some time off and coming back to it uh, and treating it like as an expansion. But otherwise, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I you know I I certainly had criticisms of this, but I enjoyed my time with it. It's been a while since we've recorded an episode with three people, and uh, it's it's making final thoughts. Like, for me, I'm like, man, I'm, usually I just wait for Annie to be done, <laughs> and then I do mine. Uh, I like this game a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Raves, Chad Rutherman. <laughs> Another back-of-the-box quote. Uh, and the, the parts of it that... I, that it did well, I think have paved the way for other games to sort of pick up uh, in not only in its own series, but also in other sort of like these logic-based games that thanks to Mystery May, we've actually <laughs> talked about a number of. Um, and I, like looking at it in the context of a game that was originally released in 2001, I think that this is like this this is actually kind of outstanding i think only in retrospect is it a, a situation where it doesn't quite live up to the hype and i think that the later games probably would improve upon the issues that i take with it so all of that with a grain of salt i think the overall experience of this is good and i think the fact that they sell it as a trilogy is kind of telling uh where they're kind of encouraging you to play more than the first one uh, and then that's where the length being an issue sort of like comes in. Cause like right now I have no desire to continue playing, yeah. but maybe in the future I will. And I'll have that available to me because of that, that package. So I don't know. 
Uh, I'm really glad that we did it. I'm glad that we are talking about it now, and I think that it probably has earned its spot as one of Capcom's like flagship series at this point. Uh, the fact that this can be like mentioned in the same breath as Resident Evil is kind of wild to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we can all agree on Phoenix Wright for Smash. Oh yeah, Phoenix Wright for Smash. Yeah. Edgeworth for Smash. Ooh. Oh, oh, I'd love that. No, his final Smash will be that Edgeworth will say something and then he'll object to it. Right. Yeah. And, and, then comes that, and the objection bubble screen. will like deal a bunch of yeah. damage to everybody. Now, his final smash is he takes one of the other fighters out on a boat and shoots him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Noclip this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, uh, we're going to be kicking off the Halloween month proper. Uh, probably, like, after at least one Halloween episode of Pocket, so maybe kicking off is not the right <laughs> terminology here. Uh, but we're going to be talking about Silent Hill 2, uh, which goes in with Castlevania and others as games that we really should have played before now, but this will be the first experience for both of us. Dang, I didn't know you were playing Silent Hill 2. I'm excited about D- that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, if if it were more accessible, we probably would have asked if you wanted to to do it. But copies are expensive, and I, I do have no money. PlayStation Two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, like you'd have to like get a PS Two and a copy of the game and play it. You and know, then presumably just put the PS Two in a garbage can afterwards. <laughs> yeah. So no, I was not trying to guilt you guys over <laughs> not asking me to do it. I was expressing genuine excitement that that is a game well, you're doing. <laughs> Here's the deal: if you play the game. Before we record it, we'll have you on. <laughs> Unless this is really hard to edit, in which case you're fired. Uh, <laughs> we'll cut your salary. Yeah. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> Don't you know that we have raises coming up? Until that time, if you want to get a hold of us, all of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. There you can find our Twitter, uh, our email address, our YouTube page, all of our old episodes. Uh, listen to us talk about uh, games by Spike Chunsoft that have clearly taken inspiration from this one, like 999, and more specifically, Danganronpa. Uh, I don't know, do you have any episode recommendations, Dan? Uh, Putting him on the spot. Tra- trauma yeah, ce- trauma Center is one of my favorites. Uh, uh, Super Mario Sunshine is a classic, I feel like. Um, oh, I have noticed, by the way, that on... Um, the podcast the apple like podcast app yeah the episodes only go back to like 15 you can't access the like first 15 episodes thank god (laughs) (laughs) i like a lot of the early episodes and i know you guys feel like the quality has gotten a lot better but personally i feel like you guys haven't really improved at all Uh, (laughs) I, i like a lot of the early ones so See you guys later. Smash that like button. Yeah. Be sure to object to other people's comments in the comment section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Mini game. The first person to post a comment in the in the on the YouTube video is the witness. And then whoever is the second person or just anyone who replies to that can put poke holes in their testimony. And then somebody can respond to that and uh explain why that's irrelevant bullshit right and that you should be penalized you can cross-examine that subscribe button (laughs) (laughs) 
that's that's quite <laughs> enough. Uh. Uh, oh, we didn't talk about it. this. Should not be on the podcast, so you can stop the recording. The fucking dog missile, oh like, yeah, killed me. I loved it. <laughs> he was In so the cute. Fourth trial, they give you a metal detector, a dog, and something <laughs> else. I, I actually didn't take the dog. Oh really? Yeah, I, yeah, didn't, I, I took didn't the dog it. first because I thought maybe be able to smell for something. Right. Sniff out crime. Take yeah, a bite out, out of crime. crime. Scruff, scruff, <laughs> it was Scruff McGruff. Scruff McGruff. It, it, Missile is Scruff McGruff's son. 